Disclaimer, I do not own the Battle Arena Toshinden series, nor do I own his characters. These are owned by Tamsoft and Takari. Please support their official releases, and please enjoy your listen. Thank you. Hello everybody, welcome back to Fighting Game Evolution. I'm your host, Radim Perez, and today we're going to be taking a look at the final Battle Arena Toshinden game, Battle Arena Toshinden Four or Toshinden Subaru in Japan. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of stuff that after three was kind of just like meh. I was kind of worried about this game and uh, trying to find reviews for this, or at least just trying to get a general opinion. Um, I couldn't really find anything on this game, development-wise, or just like honestly, I just couldn't find all. Like I just couldn't find anything on this game. This game was just kind of like eh. Nowhere to be seen, and nowhere I could like find just like was it good or bad. Um, but overall, I was still wondering how this was going to be when uh, I would go into it, and uh, <laughs> I surprisingly liked it. I think it's my favorite out of the entire Ballerina Toshinden series. I think this one honestly might just be my favorite. But let me explain why, and before we go into all that, uh, we might as well go into development history. So, yeah, I won't take too long on this development history, more or less, because uh, there was almost nothing here to talk about, so I'm just going to go over the rough details on it really quick. This is probably going to be the shortest one on here, so let's hurry up and uh, get this done with. Uh, so this game came out in August 12th, 1999 in Japan, and June 30th, 2000 in Europe, both for the PlayStation 1. Uh, no U.S. copy, though, but I pretty much I think that's because um, Playmates lost the uh, license to publish it here in the West because um, their contract was only for three games. And that whole deal was, like, uh, Takari would publish the Earthworm Jim games there, and then uh, Playmates would uh, advertise uh, Battle Arena Toshinden here. Uh, that didn't really work out, since everyone was kind of like, yeah, Battle Arena Toshinden wasn't really the jam here. Like, sure, the first game, okay, popular, but then the other two just kind of flopped after that. Um... But overall, we didn't get a U.S. copy here in the States. Um, and then this game was also uh, developed by Tamsoft and published by Takari in Japan and Studio 3 in Europe. And I am very sad that um, Europe got this, but we didn't get it here. But again, um, half of that was just because of the licensing they ran out. And i guessing they didn't want to renew it for one last game that would probably end up flopping. And this game still ended up flopping in... Uh, Japan and Europe, because I checked which year this came out, being 1999, and I saw the competition it all had, and yeah, it didn't really stand a chance. There were a lot of good titles coming out that year, so I can understand why it'd be very much hard for uh, this series to stand up, and for its being its final hurrah, being the last game in the series, and probably the last game that we'll ever get of the Ballerina Toshinden series. Um... But overall, let's not go into doom and gloom and whatnot. Let's uh, move over to the gameplay and see what happened there. 
And luckily for us, the gameplay really didn't change much. There was just some mechanical stuff that got changed. Your core mechanics are still here. We have weak and heavy for both slashes and kicks. They're still sidestepping. Uh, they're still throwing, backdashing, and just regular dashing. Um, they kept the run one round match that was in three. And they also changed how uh, super super moves work in this game. So instead of like desperation, I mean, they're still called desperation attacks and like whatnot, but instead there's just three um, moves all together that are just big super moves. And you got a whole bar of meter to work with. Well, technically you get three bars of meter to work with, and that does fill up uh, pretty fast. They just don't transfer over into every single round, which makes sense because you can get you can do some really cheesy stuff with them. But um, overall, that's pretty much about it. Oh, um, they also kept the uh, shortcuts in this game for uh, the special moves that were in 3, where they had a designated button for the special moves. Uh, granted, there's still, still them here, but except they are allowed to do supers and they are allowed to do any special moves. And not only that, but also um, this being the first game that actually showed you a damn command list, which is actually surprising. It took four games to get a command list. Tekken 2 had it in the second game. Um, so I'm surprised that it was a very late edition and probably the last edition from Toshinden 4. Um, but anyway, um, I'll get to the shortcut special buttons later. But let me talk about all the new stuff. Uh, so they brought ring outs back. There are no more walled stages at all, which is very nice. But then they go back um, to being to a uh, battle arena in in one and two, where or at least one, where like there's almost nothing going on in the background and they are just kind of very dull. Uh, there's no more life bombs, which granted is kind of for the better because now we just have more supers, um, three to be exact for each character. So. Overall, I'd say that's a good addition. Uh, no more overdrives, which, again, overdrives was, was just another super in general. So um, the fact that they just made all three supers, I didn't really it didn't really matter all that much. Um, and, yeah, there's also a surplus of modes in here, too. And, yeah, this has a lot of modes. Uh, so we have your standard arcade mode, time attack, um, versus mode, survival mode. And then there's good mode. And good mode is basically just uh, special rules the game. So it's basically saying, oh, you can only defeat your opponent in a ring out. Or it's like your attack power is decreased or your um, opponent's power is increased. So yeah, there's just special rules and seeing how far you can go. Um, there's also practice mode, which is also really, really nice. Um, and then there is mini game mode. And there are seven in total. We have uh, the first one being Puzzle Toshinden. Um, that's basically Tetris. The second one is um, Paula's Eggs, which is also just Tetris or Puyo Puyo, depending on how you look at it. Um, there's number three, which is Scoop Toshinden, and that's basically destroy blocks with a ball. And if you guys know those old computer games where it's just like Pong, but you destroy all like the balls, you'll probably know what I'm talking about um, if you saw a picture of it. And then there's four, which is Battle Hockey, which is just air hockey. And then there's... um. Five being Origin, uh, that's just basically Asteroids. Uh, number six, uh, Fight Wolfie. Uh, it's basically Simon Says, you're playing as a pig, and whatever the um, 
game shows you what to press. You press that really fast, and the first person to climb up at the tree uh, and to get the coconut wins. And funny enough, you're uh, playing a pig through all this climbing a tree, so I have no idea how that even works, how a pig can climb a tree, but somehow nature will find a way. And then there's um, Seven, the Toshinden uh, dance rhythm game. Um, but yeah, I actually really like this one because, uh, granted, it's same thing with Simon Says, but uh, kind of worse. Instead of like a rhythm game, it's just kind of like, okay, memorize what that is. And then while it's going, uh, you have very, very tight um, controls to like enter in what you're pressing. Um it's not good by any means, but it is very nice to see all the characters in chibi form. Um, and not only that, but also in, on the character select screen for all these. Um, granted, it uses the same one aside from Origin, which does the um, uh, digital line things for each character's head, which is pretty cool. And then everything else, it does it uh, chibi style, which is also really nice. But I also have a um, small place in my heart for chibi designs and whatnot. Um but yeah, there's also a database mode, which is basically your um, bonus mode. You get to look at character models, animations, concept art for characters, um, seeing them in their casual wear, and also just like seeing like a full-on model viewer and whatnot. Um, looking at the art that was previously used in the game, a uh, I kind of like um, uh, what is it called? Um, not a, like a wanted poster, but just like a um bio there we go like a bio where they have like the character art and then they have like you know the birthday um likes dislikes overall it's super cool and it had and granted <laughs> you can see what time this was this was like early 2000s stuff but that uh cliche hasn't kicked in uh for a while um but overall i'd say um the database mode is easily probably the best mode just like having like everything seen there you also get to look at your records and you also get to listen to the in-game music not only that but you also get to look at voice lines from characters and you even get to look at voice lines that weren't even in the well at least that were planned to be in the game but then uh they couldn't just put it in or just didn't really find a place to put it in so they basically had like oh hey here's extra voices or not extra voices but like here's extra content that we couldn't really put in or just didn't have a place for it so overall um that is pretty stoked so overall uh there is a lot of stuff with this game a lot of mini game stuff um some standard um arcade mode stuff but that's uh mainly about it um uh but overall enough talking about this talk about the actual gameplay the actual gameplay i feel like reverted back to one a bit uh kind of with how simple it is and not only that but also the fact that you can just um super with like one button uh kind of makes it pointless just to put in the commands uh so okay I know that sounds just like, wow, I can't believe you're using the shortcuts. Wow, are you are you a true fighting game player? But listen, it's not like Grand Blue where it's like there's a trade-off to using the uh, small or the shortcut with it. Like there's like it's not DNF Duel, it's not Grand Blue where it's just like if you use a shortcut, it's not gonna screw you over. Or it could possibly screw you over, depending on what it is. There's no, like, recharge with it. Because you can just keep doing it, and there is almost no drawback to the situation at all. Because, um, yeah, you can still play You can still play regularly. You can still do the inputs. But why would you do the input if you can just press a button for it? It's 
I don't know. It's kind of like one of those things where it's just like it's easy to be like, okay, yeah, I'll just rely on this. And then, yeah, I don't know. And they have it mapped for every single special move and all the supers too. I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's just kind of like, yeah, why would I even give it up if I can just do it this simpler? Because people would more or less do that than the regular inputs. Like, there's nothing stopping you from doing the inputs, but I'm pretty sure you just do the shortcut supers or the shortcut special moves and supers anyway. Especially if you're like going in the competitive on this, but which I don't think that's gonna happen though, because yeah, this game flopped pretty hard. Um, but not only that, um, this game doesn't feel amazing. This is no, like, big old Tekken and whatnot. This wasn't, like, Tekken 3 standards. Because Tekken 3 standards was great. But then we have this game, and this game kind of feels stiff. I don't know, it feels stiff. Whenever I get knocked onto the ground, I try and roll as fast as I can. But then I, re but then I feel my controls don't register, or they don't input fast enough, and I just get hit and knocked for it. And then there's the jankiness of kind of just like 3D fighters. If, like, you're in the air, you could still, like, kick them. Well, not kick them when they're down, but, like, if I'm, like, on the ground, you could still just basically, like, kick them if they don't recover fast enough. Which, again, I is kind of like, eh, okay. But, yeah, overall, I just say, like, the rolls and like getting up um, just to recover yourself is pretty hard to do. And I re and I really had a hard time struggling with that. Um, and then not only that with also the additions of ring outs. Oh my gosh, you can cheese these with the AI so much. Um, a, a real opponent. I highly doubt it, but depending on what character you use, you can probably, or maybe at least try to do that. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel, um, not only that, but also the balancing in this game. I feel like it's, um, I mean, granted, I don't think it's any human opponent or whatnot, but everything feels about fair. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's some moves where it's just like, okay, I know that should have hit, but I guess it didn't, which is unfortunate. It happens with, uh, Bang Boo with projectiles. Like, if you're too close to him, then some of his attacks won't work. Not only that, but there's also still the turnaround thing. So instead of just like regularly turning around, not pressing a button, you have to press a button, either that or stand still for a minute. Um, but it's just faster to press the button anyway, just so you can already get it done and over with and just turn around faster. But you can't just automatically turn around just at the speed of light, as in like Tekken uh, 3 or 4. And I feel like that just kind of sucks because you are committed to do that attack and whatnot. Um, so overall, like, I definitely don't think this is the worst in the series. I think overall, like, out of all the Toshindians games, I'd probably play this one the most. But the thing is, there's not a lot um, keeping me with this game, and there's no one I could really, like, play against. I mean, granted, I don't think anyone would want to play this game anyway and, like, find it, like, it's no Guilty Gear, Blaze Blue, or Tekken levels of stuff. But, um, overall, uh, it's not a horrible game. It's not the worst Toshinden game, uh, but there's nothing really much keeping me uh, to playing this game and be like, yeah, but I'm just gonna play this game and just, like, master it. Like, nothing's nothing's keeping me from doing that or just like nothing is like wanting me to like go deeper into it and whatnot so overall i'd say the gameplay is fine it's just nothing that i'd really invest my time into maybe if i had friends over i'd play it and show them like oh yeah this is like really easy and they were like yeah this is pretty fun 
but overall, nothing else from that. Um, but let's go ahead and move right along to the music. And moving right along into the music, um, overall, I'd say the music is super, super good in this. Um, there's a lot of good tracks in here. Again, there's some of them where it's just like, eh, okay, I don't want to listen to this. But there's some tracks where I'm like, whoa, this is actually really, really good. And it's a shame because I looked online for like all like for the soundtrack and whatnot, and all of them were there. It's just I didn't really see a lot of people just like talk about it and whatnot. Um, I definitely say this is a high recommend for me because there's a lot of good music in this, and not only that, it does not take a lot of time. Like the longest song is, is I think like three minutes. Everything else is like a minute and a half, maybe two minutes if stretched. But um, yeah, that's another thing. Just with the music, it's it's really good music, but I'd say just ends way too fast and it loops quite a bit in the actual game but um overall i'd say the music is definitely really really good and i definitely say it is a high recommend for me and you guys should go listen to it because some tracks are very surprising to listen to they all carry a different energy and they all sound different enough from each other to be like ah yes i this is this character's theme and this is this character's theme and it's all different enough which i really really enjoy in fighting games because like Unlike OG Guilty Gear, where it's like, okay, I'm listening to the same guitar riff every single five minutes. Okay, this is fine. Um, in this game, like at least everything sounds different enough to where I'm like, yes, this is this character's theme, this is this character's theme, and so on and so forth. Um, it's all unique enough to where it all stands out to me, and I'm like, yeah, and that's what I really want. It's something that stands out and just like portrays the character. Um but overall, I gotta say, I have nothing but positives for the music. And of course, there's some songs in this where it's just like, oh, this one isn't all that good. Which is fair. Not all fighting games have, like, banger soundtrack. Well, not all fighting games have, like, they at least have one song that's like, eh, okay, this one wasn't as strong. But um, overall, uh, nothing but good things to say about the music. And let's go ahead and move right along to the looks. And moving right along to the looks of this game... Uh, this is definitely the best looking game out of the entire series, uh, depending on which characters you look at. Uh, some facial animations are kind of like, this looks kind of a bit rough, and this looks like it should have been at least like maybe a few years earlier um, than from what it should have been. But yeah, being the latest game in the series and almost um, coming out in late uh, 1999, yeah, we they've definitely... I mean, granted, it's not the worst-looking game, I'd say, but it's definitely not like... Ugh, just like, they definitely could have improved. Because, um, again, some of the models uh, really don't show it. Fen's model, and more precise, like, when you're looking at, like, his arms... Oh, my gosh, they are... They, <laughs> they look like they are not connect. Well, I mean, they look like they're connected, but, like, in a very, very, like, poorly done way... Um, but overall, there's just some character models where it's just like, uh, this looks a bit rough, but then there's other character models where it's just like, okay, this looks nice. Like you can tell like which ones were like, okay, yeah, this one looks nice and this one looks good and whatnot. Um, character designs are also pretty nice. Um, some of them are a bit on the simpler side, but you can also tell like which ones were like, Okay, yep, this one was good. This one was a good one. And then you could easily tell, like, the bad designs. But overall, I'd say all the designs in this game are 
pretty good and pretty unique to make them all stand out. Um, not only that, but just the um, art design with like character portraits and whatnot, especially with the chibi designs. Uh, they all look super cute. Well, almost all of them look super cute. I don't know. Some of them look like nightmares. But when you do find the cute ones, it is a very nice change of pace where it's like, oh, that's actually pretty cute. That that looks like a chibi design. Um, but overall, uh, the looks of this game, I'd say, are uh, super, super good. Um, I think this definitely has the best art in all of the Toshinden series. Not only that, but also when you play the actual opening of the uh, game, it also looks very, very clean with all the new animation and whatnot. And again, it's like um, 90s anime stuff and going into like early 2000s anime, but um, just 1990s, which I'm glad because uh, 2000s was another time for anime with a uh, very very big eyes and just nothing else on the face so i'm very much glad that this was still in that realm of 1999 but overall it looks super clean the opening looks super clean and it also sounds really really cool um but overall i definitely i definitely give the uh looks a plus some of the character models look a bit jank um the animations are all good um, yeah, overall, I just say this is a, uh, pretty good looking game. Um, there's also secondary outfits for all the characters and they all look pretty nice. Uh, some are even better than the, uh, default costume design, which is, uh, really funny. Um, but overall, I just say, um, <laughs> yeah, the art is probably the best thing. Uh, the character portraits and, uh, the uh, chibi designs are definitely the uh, best um, that this game has to offer look-wise. Um, so let's go ahead and move away from the looks and talk about the uh, characters themselves. And moving right along to characters, uh, we only have two returning characters, and everyone else on this entire cast is basically all brand new. So overall, we have 13 characters in total. The only two characters returning are Eiji and Vermilion. Eiji, played by Masaki Okura, and Vermilion, played by Keiichi Namba. And everyone else is almost completely new, so let's go over all of them. First up, we have Subaru Shingo. I'm hit played by Hikaru uh, Midorikawa. Um, the son of Sho and Kupido, a traveling swordsman who was trained by Eji, he also tries to find um, Eji in this game, basically um, trying to find him after he went missing. So overall, the same thing what happened to uh, Eji and Sho when uh, Sho went away. Eiji's trying to find show, and it looks like that uh, plot device is still being used and family trope is still going forward. And he's the main protagonist of this game. Up next, we have Naruoma, and I guess she's also technically a returning character, but I wanted to give her some spotlight here. Um, she is also she is played by um, Kisato um, Nakijima, a, now a teenager who meets up with uh, Subaru through, through their travels. Uh, she goes and finds her missing uh, foster father because um, she knows that Eji was um, Kayane's best friend, so she travels with Subaru to try and find um, Eji so she can get some answers as to where he is. And up next, we have uh, 
one a new new character, uh, Rook Castle, played by Yoshi Yoshiyuki uh, Kono, a nunchuck wielding American who looks up to Eiji from um, all the previous um, Toshinden tournaments, and he meets up with Subaru during his travels and um, through wanting to meet Eiji and just being good friends with Subaru and Naru. Um, he goes with them to battle in the uh, fourth uh, Toshinden Arena tournament. And he also lost to a uh, Kunoichi in a street fight, and he wants to um, fight her again to just um, uh, more or less, like, not get revenge, but more or less just kind of be like, uh, okay, you got me once, so I'll get you this time, so on and so forth. And then up next, we have... Um, Palua um, Marionette, played by um, Fushigi Yamada, a petite girl who was orphaned at a young age and was given a bow to protect the world from peace. At least that's how um, she saw it. And not only that, but she has almost a very strong connection, and it's basically, I don't know, um, it's basically um, proven at this point, but uh, the person who gave her that bow was um, Uranus, and I'll talk more about that when we get to her story. Um, up next, we have Lancelot Lake Knight, played by Aya Hisakawa, a noble yet cowardly fencer who is trained by Duke so he can actually um, gain more courage and gain more skill. Um, but later, he just lost to Naru in a uh, fencing fight, and ever since seeing her, he's... Um, Wanted to get a rematch and just be like, okay, if I can fight her um, again, then I can like get the full courage that I need and whatnot. But overall, he fully admires her for um, being so straightforward and just how courageous she is. And he hopes to um, fight her again and hope that he can become as courageous as her. Um, and then we have a Fen Barefoot, played by uh, Daisuke uh, Sakaguchi. Um a young boy who wants to get revenge on Genma for his death of the grandfather. Uh, he also has a uh, pet pig. Um, up next, we have uh, Genma himself, played by um, Hidakatsu uh, Shibata, a mysterious and malevolent sorcerer who seeks to gain the four weapons of um, his own personal gain and uh, greed. Uh, more on that later when we talk about the actual story. Um, up next, we have um, Miyabi, played by Momoko Oku, um, a Kunoichi who was kidnapped and brainwashed by Genma, and she also beat Rook in that street fight that I was talking about. Um, then up next, we have Bang Boo, um, played by Yukimasa Kishino, a cyborg who was also brainwashed by Gemma and uh, basically his teammates. Oh, that's right. I should probably also mention that. Uh, so in this Battle Arena Toshinden tournament, all of the uh, characters are forced in the teams, uh, being Subaru, Naru, and Rook, Pelamura, uh, Lancelot, and Fen, and then Genma... Um, Miyabi and Bang Boo all being teammates. Um, probably should have mentioned that sooner, but hey, now's better than uh, never. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so basically Genra both brainwashed his opponents into fighting with him. Um, and then we have uh, the two boss characters. Uh, I would say three, but uh, 
AG already got mentioned, so now we're talking about uh, his teammates. Uh, Eos, played by Mariko um, Shizuki, an angel-esque um, altered human who works for AG, along with Zero, played by um, Kenichi Morozuma, a synthetic human who also works uh, with AG. Um, but yeah, both of them uh, work with AG. Uh, not really, well, more or less because they're kind of like forced um, into this, more or less. But overall, they still follow his orders. Uh, but overall, that's all the characters. And if there was nothing like really big to say, I'm sorry because honestly, you can tell which characters they liked the most and which characters they were just like, yeah, okay, throw this out. Um, the most notable ones being uh, Rook, Fen, um, Bang Boo, uh, Genma, Miyabi. Honestly, the whole the whole villain team was just kind of bad. <laughs> and then um, Eos and Zero also kind of being like, eh. I mean, I don't know. S like, in the story, some of them make good connections and whatnot, but it's not big enough where it's like, yep. Yeah, but yeah, you can clearly see which characters they liked a lot more. Um, but overall, uh, let's talk about the uh, story of this game. And moving right along to the story of this game, and I'm also going to put arcade endings in here too, because um, if I just did the story by itself, uh, this segment would be a pretty short one, so I'm just going to put both of them in here. So, uh, let's do this. Uh, ten years after the third tournament and the fall of the organization, AG becomes the leader of the Gerard, the Gerard Foundation and hosts the fourth Arena Battletoshin tournament to lure out Vermilion, who was hiding in the um, third game. Well, more or less, he got away in the third game and he just went in the hiding, so AG's gonna flush him out uh, with his secret weapon. The four holy weapons, each with um, a, each with at least one team, so each team has at least one holy weapon. Um, stories say that these four weapons can either destroy or save the world. Uh, these weapons being the, um, so, and sorry if I butcher any of these names, the Byako no Taichi, uh, the Suzaku Bow, uh, Genbu Shield, and the, um, Ser the Seiryu Spear. Um, each of them also representing a Chinese, uh, carnal beast. Um, they will either give the user ultimate power or the ability to talk with a, uh, deceased loved one. Um, that's basically how the main story goes. Uh, Subaru and Eiji are in the finals. Uh, they both go after each other, except, uh, Vermilion, um, interrupts them and Eiji slays Vermilion and um, the future is now saved from uh, evil. And that's the canning ending that I was able to find after that. And after that, everyone just kind of goes off and does their own thing. So let's go follow up on that, shall we? Um, up first, we have Subaru. Um, his ending, uh, basically, he talks with his father, uh, Sho, and he is told to hone his skills and to become a great swordsman. So he basically continues training with his uncle and friends and also training um, himself under a waterfall and whatnot. But overall, he just kind of goes back to uh, training and whatnot. Uh, Naru, uh, she gets to talk with her foster father, uh, Kayan. Uh, he told her that live the way you want because he's basically dead and he uh, can't come back. And he says he's sorry. But he was glad to see her um, one more time. And Naru is just kind of like 
pleading and screaming to um, say come back and whatnot. But after the tournament, uh, she leaves back for England and goes back to the orphanage where um, Kyan left her. And up next we have Rook, and uh, Rook's ending is basically after beating one of... Um, after beating Miyabi in the street fight, he finally got... It's not really revenge because it doesn't really paint it out for revenge. It's just kind of just like, I want to make it even or whatnot. Um, but after that, um, he, after he gets the four uh, secret weapons, he's imbued with power. And he's like, oh, I'm almighty and powerful, but I don't care about that. Now I'm going to be the best lover in the world. And then, yeah, he's just going to he's just basically going back to his life on the streets and just basically being almost like kind of like a playboy and whatnot. And up next, we have um, Pel Palua, uh, meeting Eos in the final. She asked if she was the angel who gave her the bow. Uh, she says no, but then later all four weapons, um, let her talk to her, uh, so-called, uh, mother, uh, Uranus. So yeah, apparently Uranus from the second game, uh, had Pelua, and it is heavily implied that she is, um, her daughter. And not only that, but we also get some weird things from Uranus that she was like, oh, I hope you can protect the world and whatnot, which... If we're talking about Uranus from two, uh, she wanted she was pure evil, so I don't know what they were trying to do with like a whole one eighty here. But I mean, all right, it's something that was used. But anyway, she tells uh, Uranus that um, she will use the uh, Suzaki bow to help people around the world, um, and then making a journey back home. Uh, Lancelot, after his rematch with Naru, he vows to gain more courage like Naru, and, um, after getting all four treasures, um, he, or sorry, getting all four weapons, uh, he now gained the courage that he needs returning home and training, um, with his mentor, Duke. Um, and then we have Than, after avenging his grandfather and getting all four weapons, uh, he speaks with his um, grandfather one more time, and his grandfather says, don't go get revenge anymore, uh, live life helping people instead of just trying to get revenge, and he's like, alright, I'll try, and it's like, okay, good, and then he kind of just leaves, and I'm just like, I'm glad I got to see you one last time, and then he's like, uh, goodbye father, or sorry, goodbye grandfather, and then again, he just goes back home, um, with uh, his uh, friend, and then just, again, starts from there. And then we have Genma, and this is like the most basic thing. He gets all four weapons, and he becomes the most powerful sorcerer and sets out to conquer the entire world. That's basically the sum and short of it. Um, Miyabi, after defeating Rook and getting brainwashed by Genma, she uh, gets all four uh, weapons, and then she remembers her entire person, and um, Genma's brainwashing is now... Uh, basically just gone and erased, and she basically um, goes out saying just like, uh, I am the true me again. And it's uh, very nice. And after Bang Boo, Bang Boo has the most unique ending in all of this. So after getting all four weapons, he becomes powerful, uh, too powerful, and betrays both Miyabi and uh, Genma. And it turns out that Vermillion um, programmed him to follow Vermillion's orders, and just to get the uh, Genbu shield from the team, and then um, Bangbu was like, uh, no, you're going to be working for me now, and then so the both of them fight, but he also uh, beats Vermillion, so uh, Bangbu tries and conquers the world using everyone from his team and Vermillion against him, so all that is super, super fun, um, and yeah, AJ 
And yeah, Eiji's ending, like I said, it was the um yeah, it was the his canning ending was slaying Vermillion. Um so in the actual oh sorry, so in his actual arcade ending, um he basically um talks down to Subaru and basically just says like you are like how like how did you fail? Like I trained you, how did you fail? Um you give me back the sword that was once mine. And then he basically kind of just takes all four of them. He speaks with the um, the secret weapons themselves, um, the Aegon Teos, um, which is basically an entirely different entity. It is basically the worries of all the weapons in general. Um, and then he says, "You're," and he says, "You cannot find a successor." And he's like, "I've been trying, but I haven't found one yet." And uh, then he says, then your destiny is to continue fighting, so that's gonna be very bad for you, and he was like, and then after that, Edgy's like, okay, I might have to keep fighting, but I will fight against that destiny and whatnot. Um, I don't know, pretty, some pretty basic stuff, I like the canning ending a lot better, where if Subaru wins, he basically accepts that the, uh, sword is now his, and that, um, He's a good swordsman. I just like that ending a lot better. Um, and then we have um, Eos, which after absorbing uh, the four weapons, she wants to heal the world. It's basically it. Uh, Zero, um, after absorbing the four weapons, he basically um, goes against the uh, Foundation and just basically kind of just um, gets revenge on them. And I should also mention this, that for the Foundation, uh, they basically imprisoned Eos and Zero. Uh, because they were too dangerous and seemed as a threat, but then uh, they gave them the AG, and apparently AG had both of them under control. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I can see why he'd want to go after the Foundation. And then up, up next we have Vermillion. So yeah, um, his canon ending uh, being killed by AG, um, and finally um, the last organization member actually dying and putting an end to the organization once and for all. His non-canon ending, he absorbs all of the four weapons and then he revives the organization. And he also brings the uh, fighting god Aegon Teos back to life. And also, again, like I said, kickstarting uh, the organization again. So overall, that is all the um, endings in this game and whatnot. Um, you could again, you could definitely tell which ones were like, okay, yeah, this one they cared about a lot more and whatnot. Like the Naru and Subaru, Pelua, and um, where is it? Um, Edgy. I think those ones were all like. Yes, these were the ones that like kind of really counted towards something, but again, there uh, again overall, I you can kind of see the favoritism in this. Uh, <laughs> but granted, uh, they they know which characters were the most interesting and which characters were like, yeah, this character isn't all that interesting. Um, but overall, uh, that is the end of the entire story. There is one thing I do want to say. So this does do a team format, like I said in the characters. But the thing about the team format is you don't get all these endings. You have to play them all individually. So if you want to get one, so if you want to get every single ending in this game, you can't just play like the team. You have to play like uh, the character itself. Choose the character that you want to get the ending, and then you have to do that two other times just for the other two characters. Which is just absolutely horrible. I don't know why would you do that, but... Uh, game design, I guess. So, overall, and now that's out of the way, let's move right along to the end. So, overall, 
the Battle Arena Toshinden series is now finally done. And what can I say about it? Well, uh, it died out pretty early. I really don't think we're probably going to get another Battle Arena Toshinden game because of the likes of Soul Calibur and Tekken just um, completely blowing it out of the water even back then. Um, but overall, um, yeah, I am. Su I was super happy that I did get to do this, that I had all of the games to do this. Um, I had to do a little workarounds for four, but overall, um, I was very happy to go through this entire venture with you guys. I knew nothing about this series, so actually, like, going after it and looking into it, um... It definitely had its ups and downs. I think this is the highest up. I am glad that this game did go off on a high note. Granted, even though this game did flop, it's I again I still feel like it went up. It went down with a uh, high note with a lot of content that um this game particularly had. So I am super happy that I did get to do this entire series, and I'm super uh, glad that you guys um we're out there listening to this um so yeah this is the uh, time for also spooks and scares since october's here um i plan on doing a break in november and december and plan just a script right for uh, season five um i do have some spooky episodes that i do have planned i'm not gonna do another melty blood episode just yet there's still a couple more characters that still need to come out so maybe next halloween for that or sometime earlier, but don't get me wrong, I do plan on doing a uh, Melty Blood video part two. Um, but overall, um, I just definitely say, uh, luckily, um, the next two weeks, I should be able to get those episodes out. They're not going to be too long, I'd say maybe like 10, 15 minutes, depending on how everything goes with them. But um, overall, they won't be long episodes at all. Um, but I will try to give the best I can on them. And um, I have some interesting ideas that I do want to do with them. But uh, you guys will see that in the next couple of weeks and whatnot. Um, but overall, I have nothing but uh, good things to say about the Ballerina Toshin series. Sure, I'm probably not going to go back to it anytime soon. But there are a lot of uh, memorable stuff that I can I at least bring it out. Uh, the music, the characters, and the art design all standing out from at least uh, Uncanny Valley where it's just like, yep, I don't remember this, or it's just like, what was this from? But yeah, I will at least remember the characters and where they are from. Uh, but overall, thank you guys just for listening so much. Uh, remember, you can follow me under uh, Fighting Game History on Instagram. And then uh, I think that is basically all it of what I just had to say. Uh, be prepared for the next couple of episodes. They're going to be short, but uh, I'm going to make it worth their while. I'm not going to do uh, video games in – well, not video games in particular, but just um, – the uh, two uh, horror games I have planned up, or at least not horror stuff, but like, I don't know, these spooky um, things. It's going to be like an anniversary videos of where I just talked about um, a certain subject and whatnot. So I uh, look forward to that. But anyway, guys, uh, thank you guys for listening so much. And remember, the match is in your hands.